Viktor Frankl knew the reality of suffering and deprivation as a prisoner of war in World War II. His experience in Nazi prison camps enabled him to see life at its worst. Some individuals survived the horrors of prison camp, while others did not, and Frankel wanted to know why. After carefully studying his fellow prisoners, he concluded, Everything can be taken from men but one thing, the last of human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. Now, my son-in-law is known for saying something similar to my grandkids. You choose your attitude. Right? Not quite as famous as Viktor Frankl's, but just as pointed. Well, you know, like Frankl, the Apostle Paul was a survivor. But not only did he choose the right attitude in his circumstances, he used his circumstances to advance the gospel, to impact unbelievers, and to challenge the brethren. I think we can learn from the Apostle Paul, and then we can do as he did. Now, I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel, so that in my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else, and that most of the brethren trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. Paul used his circumstances to advance the gospel. I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. Now, this is very important to Paul. He calls it to our attention with, Now, I want you to know, brethren, listen carefully. You need to hear this. My circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. My circumstances, and they were his circumstances. He was going through them, but they were being used for something beyond himself. He wasn't so self-centered that he couldn't see beyond his own personal interests. He didn't judge a set of circumstances solely by their effect on him. He looked at the big picture, and he could see that much good was coming out of his bad experiences. What he was going through was turning out for the greater progress of the gospel. It was causing the gospel message to advance. The word he used actually means to cut before. It pictures woodcutters going before an army, cutting a road through the forest so the army could advance. Paul could see that what he was going through was opening a door for the gospel, and that brought him great joy. He could endure anything if it was being used for the greater progress of the gospel. And just what was he Enduring. What were his circumstances? Well, to fully appreciate what Paul was going through, we need to go back about four years. Now, Paul doesn't tell us all that happened, but Luke does record it for us in the book of Acts. Four years prior to the writing of Philippians here, Paul had gone to Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost. He had been worshiping in the temple 
And because the Jews thought that he had taken a Gentile into the sanctuary, they dragged him out of the temple. They dragged him into the streets. They beat him, and they nearly killed him. A Roman soldier interceded. He was rescued from the mob. He was taken then before the Roman authorities. He was now a Roman prisoner. And while they were trying to determine what to do with him, a plot was hatched against his life. Forty Jews vowed not to eat or drink until they had killed him. I don't know what happened to that vow. But word got out. Word of the, the, the plot got out. And so Paul was hurriedly taken to Caesarea for his own protection. There Paul appeared before Felix, the Roman governor. Now, Felix realized that Paul was an important man and thought he could extort money from him, so he kept him in prison for two years, hoping to get rich off of him. Finally, to break the deadlock, Paul, who was a Roman citizen, appealed to Caesar, and he was therefore put aboard a ship and sent to Rome. On the way there, he was shipwrecked, bitten, by a poisonous snake, and forced to winter on an island. That spring, he made it to Rome, where he was placed under house arrest and kept chained to a Roman guard 24-7. He had now been there at least a year and a half, awaiting Nero's decision. Now, those were Paul's circumstances. Now, we would, would expect a man who had been through all that, who had been a prisoner for nearly four years on trumped-up charges, to be very frustrated, even angry at everyone, including God. After all, he was the Apostle Paul. He'd been commissioned to take the gospel where it had never gone before. But here he was in prison. But you don't hear one word of complaint from him. He's not depressed. He doesn't feel frustrated or impeded in any way. He doesn't hold up his chains and moan, trying to attract attention to himself. Instead, Paul is excited about what God is doing in his life. And he can see that his circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. Good things were happening in the kingdom of God because he was in prison. Good things were happening. Progress was being made. How? Well, in a couple of specific ways. First, through the impact he was having on the unbelievers in Rome. He says, so that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else. Now, what is this Praetorian Guard to which Paul has become well known? Well, the Praetorian Guard was an elite unit of 10,000 hand-picked soldiers who served the emperor and a unit that was quartered in the palace. They were the most courageous, best educated men in the army. And from their ranks would come the most influential men in the empire. After 12 years of service, they were rewarded with Roman citizenship and a great retirement plan. Many of them chose to settle in Rome itself, and there they became an extremely potent political as well as military force. They actually became the kingmakers of their day. Their choice for emperor was always confirmed by the Senate. Indeed, no more strategic group could have been picked to evangelize in Rome. They were the future opinion makers 
the leading men of the nation who had become commanders in the military and leaders in politics, and they were being chained to the Apostle Paul in four-hour shifts. <laughs> who was chained to whom here? And they listened as he talked to the leading Jews who came to inquire about his faith and as he shared the gospel with others who visited him. They were there when he dictated his epistles to the Philippians and the Colossians and the Ephesians and his letter to Philemon and other letters. They were there as he prayed and sang hymns and studied the Scriptures. No doubt they were even individually evangelized by Paul as he got to know them. And they got to know him. One by one, they were being reached for Christ. So much so that when Paul concludes his letter, he will send greetings from Caesar's household, which included the Praetorian Guard. Again, Paul couldn't have laid out a better strategy to reach Rome than the one that came out of his adverse circumstances. Now, God, no doubt, had a hand in directing those circumstances. But Paul had to be willing to use them. You know, Paul could have pouted and complained and withdrawn. He could have become bitter and nasty and hateful toward his captors, but he didn't. He recognized that if God hadn't actually planned the whole thing, he could at least bring good out of it if Paul was willing to let it be used. So he took advantage of the opportunities he was given to impact the unbelievers around him. And he knew his witness would have been one of even more validity if it came out of adversity. So he didn't view his circumstances negatively. He viewed them as an opportunity. And God blessed, and lives were changed. The whole Praetorian Guard and everyone else in Rome knew that Paul was a prisoner because of his faith in Christ. And many came to Christ because of the way he used his circumstances. Not only were unbelievers impacted by what he did, the brethren were challenged as well. He goes on to say, and that most of the brethren, now we're going to find out not all of them, but most of the brethren, trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment, have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. The brethren were challenged to step out in faith, trusting that God could also use them in their circumstances they became bold witnesses for Christ throughout the city and throughout the empire. If Paul could have an impact from prison, surely they could have an impact in society wherever they were. Now, some might say, well, yeah, but Paul was an apostle. That's different. No, Paul was just a man. He was just a man like the rest of them. In, in fact, we get a very interesting description of Paul from contemporary sources. It was said that Paul was a small, frail man with bowed legs, a big nose, and a bald head. I'm not looking at you, Mark. <laughs> He described himself as not impressive in appearance. 
and said that his personality and presentations weren't particularly powerful or persuasive. He was just a very ordinary looking and sounding individual. Surely that challenged the brethren. If he could do it, they could do it. If he wasn't afraid to speak up in prison, surely they could speak up wherever they were. Now, it wasn't easy to witness in Rome. Christians were despised and harassed and persecuted. They were ostracized from society. Graffiti on a Roman wall shows a man kneeling, worshiping a figure on a cross. The figure has the head of a donkey. And written underneath it are the words, Alexamenus worships his God. It wasn't easy. But Paul's imprisonment was the catalyst that challenged the believers to share their faith. Paul's circumstances were indeed being used to advance the gospel. He was having an impact on the unbelievers. And the brethren were being challenged by his faithfulness and his courage to speak up. And they were having an impact on the rest of the world. Paul was a man who used his circumstances. He knew that if he would just be faithful, God could use him wherever he was, no matter the circumstances. The same is true for us today. God wants to use us in all types of circumstances. He wants to demonstrate his power to work through his people in less than ideal circumstances. Because most people don't live in ideal situations and perfect circumstances. So don't assume that something is wrong with you or your relationship with Christ. If things aren't going the way you think, They ought to be going. And never think things have to be perfect in your life before you can be an effective witness to the love of God. In fact, it's when things aren't going very well that our witness is most powerful. You know, there are times that I wish my witness was challenged by adversity more than it has been. I don't know why God has blessed me the way he has. But I know a lot of my brothers and sisters are hurting. And I know they're being faithful. Striving to be faithful. Whatever our circumstances, whether they're good or they're bad, if we'll commit them to the Lord and trust that He's at work in our life and say, Lord, use me however you want, He'll do it. God can use you, whatever your circumstances, no matter how bad they might seem. If you just trust him. Don't assume something's wrong with you or your relationship with Christ if things are falling apart. You know, when things aren't going very well, our witness is most powerful. So take whatever circumstances you've got, be they good circumstances or bad circumstances. It really doesn't matter. Whatever your circumstances, 
use them to advance the gospel. That gives you a purpose for life and for every day of your life. Your circumstances can be used for the benefit of the kingdom of God. That gives meaning to everything you do. Every day. Good or bad. No matter your circumstances. And let that, let that challenge unbelievers as they see a joy in you that doesn't make sense to them. A confidence in you that blows them away. And let it be a challenge to other believers who when they compare their own circumstances to yours say, wow, if they can do it, I can do it too. Use your circumstances, whatever they are, to advance the gospel, to impact unbelievers, and to challenge the brethren. And you can do it if you'll take the focus off of yourself and turn your eyes upon Jesus. Paul could do what he did in prison because of what Christ did on a cross. If Paul could keep his eyes on Jesus in prison and use his circumstances for the greater progress of the gospel, surely we can do it too, right here in Chatham, Illinois. Amen? Amen. Let's stand.